you're going to want to make sure that you're, you are using credit to your advantage, staying out of bad debt, and leveraging both personal and business credit to grow your business. You can start taking advantage of good debt. You can invest in real estate. You can start businesses. Whenever he buys something, he pays it off right away, and that leads to a good credit score. If you do nothing else but you make that list, then that's really the first step to understanding what your options are. Students are now negotiating tuition with the colleges. Consider talking to the admissions department about reducing your tuition and thus reducing your student loan amounts. As long as you make the minimum payment on time, that's what's going to be most important for your credit score. Hello, millennials, and welcome to another virtual millennial money. Today's topic was heavily requested by all of you. So we're going to be talking about debt and credit. We know debt and credit are powerful financial tools that have allowed many in the world to enjoy the highest standard of living. But there's a big debt problem facing many people, especially millennials. In the US, about 43 million Americans currently owe $1.5 trillion in federal student loan debt and another 119 billion in student loans from private sources. The total US consumer debt is almost $14 trillion. But we at Rich Dad and many of our viewers know there's good debt and bad debt. So before we tackle how to win debt and credit, let's first learn how to tackle bad debt that is plaguing many of us. So today's guests are Garrett Sutton and Jerry Detweiler. I'm very excited to be with both these experts that are really gonna guide us through this confusing world of credit. So Garrett, could you please introduce yourself to our audience and share your background? So this is an important topic. And uh, I've been very fortunate to work with Jerry Detweiler over the years. She's a credit expert. Uh, we wrote together the book, Finance Your Own Business, uh, where we talk about ways to uh, use debt and credit and uh, other means to get a business started. So it's just been a great, uh, a, it's been a great experience helping people protect their assets and use debt to their advantage. Yeah, like you mentioned, Garrett, this is crucial for all entrepreneurs, and I'm very happy to be here with Jerry Detweiler. It's a highly requested show, and she's a credit expert with more than 20 years in consumer credit education and the contributing editor for the book, ABCs of Getting Out of Debt. And so, Jerry, could you please share with our viewers some information about yourself and your background as well? Sure. I've been talking about credit for a long time. I wrote the very first uh, book that talked about FICO scores back in the day. And I got to work on legislation that gave consumers free credit reports. So that was kind of cool. And it's interesting working with Garrett in the small business credit field over the past, uh, I guess, 10 years now, Garrett. You know, it's really interesting because uh, on the consumer credit side, we have a lot of protections. We have a lot of um, legislation that protects your rights when it comes to your credit reports and disclosure and everything. We don't have that on the business credit side. So being able to talk, talk about both, I think is really important. And especially for anybody in the Rich Jack community who I know is going to start some kind of business, whether it's real estate or something else, you're going to want to make sure that you're, you are using credit to your advantage, staying out of bad debt and leveraging both personal and business credit to grow your business. 
Thank you so much, Jerry. And we're all very thankful to be here with you today. And so Garrett, like Jerry was mentioning previously, I mean, a lot of us find ourselves in bad debt and it's important to get out of that, especially if you want to start a business. So how do people get into a bad debt situation to begin with? Well, in some cases, Alex, it's, it's just bad choices. But in many cases, it's real life. I mean, you get laid off. You have medical debt. That's a huge issue for a lot of people. Um, maybe you, you buy a house and it's more than you really can afford. Uh, or you get into that cycle of buying cars and losing money on every single car you lease. Um, and then sometimes people get that first credit card and they go crazy. They go hog wild and, you know, then the bill hits and they're in trouble. So there are many scenarios in which you can get into a bad debt situation. And a lot of it's just, as I mentioned, real life situations. You know, you have a medical issue that you have to take care of. And all of a sudden you have this debt from out of the blue that you have to deal with. Yeah, Garrett, and I find it astonishing because it's so much easier to get a car loan or to even get a new credit card. And yet it's a little bit harder and more difficult to get a loan for a rental property or to start your business, which is just, it's shocking. And it also explains the trends that we see when people fall into bad, bad debt. And so Jerry, is there hope for our viewers? Is getting out of debt and repairing one's credit score even possible? It is. And I'll share my personal uh, story of this. When I um, went out of my own in my 20s, I didn't get credit cards during college, which I, I'm, I'm not sure why, because that was a very big thing when I was in college. Um, but I didn't get any credit cards then. But after I graduated and started working, uh, I got my first credit card from Sears. I went and got furniture and they said, well, you have a thousand dollar limit. So I spent up to that limit and I just started making the minimum payments. And honestly, I did not know, like I was making the minimum payments and the balance was not going down. And it wasn't until I started my work in this field, which I completely fell into that I started to understand the cost of interest and the minimum payments and how that ends up being a trap. And at that point I had this debt, I had about $10,000 in credit card debt, but I was only making about 20, 22,000 at the time. So half my annual income and the furniture I bought, you know, the couch had a rip, the, uh, the lamp was tilting and the, the, there was an answering machine that was back in the day and that had blown out in a storm. So basically I had nothing to show for all this debt that I had accumulated. And so I worked my way out of debt. Kim and Robert worked their way out of bad debt. And we talk about that in the ABCs of getting out of debt where they shared their story about how they understood the importance. So it is possible. And my biggest message is to be open-minded to the solutions that are out there because I personally don't think there's one solution that's right for everybody. So I'm not anti-bankruptcy. I'm not anti-debt settlement. I'm not anti-credit counseling. I'm not anti-do-it-yourself. I think you have to look at your situation and find the approach. And that's a lot of what we talked about in the ABCs of getting out of debt. Yeah, everybody has their own story. And so the numbers, like Robert says, tell the story. And, and I really think you need to gear that and personalize that to what you're living through. And I love that you mentioned um, Robert and Robert Kiyosaki, how he was also found in bad debt. And a lot of people look up to him and don't realize that he started off just like well, all of us with the same struggles and the same opportunities. And really after his nylon and Velcro um, wallet company, he found himself struggling with a tremendous amount of bad debt but he found a way to tackle it and he learned how to use it to his advantage to now become a multimillionaire. 
And so, Garrett, how important is it to tackle bad debt and credit? Well, Alex, that's a good question because the Rich Dad community, people who are listening to you and, and uh, Rich Dad Advisors and Robert and Kim are interested in elevating their financial well-being. They want to take advantage of all the opportunities you have to invest in real estate, to invest in businesses, uh, you know, to accumulate assets. And to do that, you really have to have a handle on your credit and debt situation. So it is extremely important that you tackle these issues. And if you've had the problems, like Jerry mentioned in her 20s, I had the same issues early on. Uh, a lot of people have those issues. And so you're just going to have to know that it's time to find the solution for you, because as Jerry said, it's not one size fits all, but you're going to need to find the solution for you, take care of these issues so that you can advance your prospects by investing in real estate and investing in businesses. Thank you, Gary. And taking action is crucial. The earlier, the better, like you've mentioned. And so, Jerry, what are some strategies that our viewers can use to get out of this bad bet? Well, I'll give a couple of tips. The first one is um, I, I would really make sure that you know where you stand with all your debts. And I've answered over 10,000 credit questions over the years. And I will tell you a lot of people, they just don't want to deal with this, right? So it's, it's, this is the eat your broccoli part of this advice where you need to make a list of all your debts, the balance, the interest rate, the minimum payment. And then if you have credit card debt, which a lot of us do, you look at the credit card statement and you're going to see a line on there that's going to tell you how much you would need to pay to pay that off in three years. And you're going to put that in a column too. And then you're going to look at all these payments and say, realistically, you know, could I, and you want to prioritize that unsecured debt, like credit cards at first, because that's the one that you usually has the highest interest rates and is the most risky. And so you want to say, can I make that payment and stop digging the hole deeper and get out of debt in three years. And if you can, then you're a good candidate for the DIY approach. And we talked about that in the book, Robert and Kim, they chose to pay, I think it was the smallest balance first on each of their credit cards and they rolled it up to the next one. There's also the method where you can take the highest interest rate and tackle that one first, but then you set that all on autopilot. So you have a, a clear plan. Now, if you do those numbers and you say, you know what? I can't possibly pay this off in time. Then there's three things you investigate. One is you talk to a reputable credit counseling agency to see if they can help you get out of debt. You can consider debt settlement, which is where you negotiate to pay less than the full balance to resolve your debts. And you can talk to a bankruptcy attorney who can help you understand whether that might be a good option. And also to give you some peace of mind if, for example, you're worried about being sued for a debt that's very late or you have wage garnishment or you're falling behind on federal debts like taxes or student loans, they can often help with those scenarios and help you understand your options too. So you're starting with that list though. So if you do nothing else from you know what we're talking about today, if you do nothing else but you make that list, then that's really the first step to understanding what your options are. Well, thank you so much. And like you mentioned, I mean, you're an expert at this. You've spoken to many people, answered several questions. And so I really do appreciate all these methods that you're talking about that really, I mean, all of us can apply. And I think what you said was brilliant too, because it's coming to terms with your reality, right? And it's something we avoid. It's kind of like weight loss or, I mean, budgets, they're unattractive, but really once you set it up, 
you can make it attractive and find a way to achieve that goal and be, get a step closer to becoming rich and becoming financially free, which is something we all long for. And so thank you so much for your expert advice. And, and I really hope everybody implements them. So let's talk a little bit about credit scores. Jerry, can you give us some background on what a credit score really is, what it's composed of? Yeah, so a credit score is really just designed to help a lender evaluate the risk involved in a transaction. It can also be used for insurance purposes, but lending is a big part of what credit scores are used for. And we've all heard of FICO. They've been around since the 1950s. I think their first consumer credit score came around the end of the 1950s. And they are known as sort of the granddaddy of credit scores, right? But FICO doesn't have any information about how you and I pay our bills. So they have to work with a credit bureau to get that data. So they'll use the information that's in your credit report, analyze it, and come back with a score. There's also a competitor to FICO called Vantage Score. And Vantage Score was created 10 years ago by the three major credit bureaus to be a competitor to FICO. Many of the factors are quite similar. There are some differences. But usually, if you are checking your free credit score through a service like Credit Karma or through NAV, you're seeing a Vantage score. If you're getting a credit score through your credit card company, it's usually a FICO score. Yeah. Even, I have to give a quick tip, though. There's not one FICO score. So I, when I ask this in my workshops, I'll say, how many credit scores do you think we have? And a lot of times people will say three or maybe nine because there's three credit bureaus, right? And there's FICO and there's Vantage score. But FICO alone has over 40 different versions of the FICO score. And the one that's real is the one that the lender's using at that time. So don't get too hung up on a number. What you want to focus on is the factors that influence your credit. Whether you're paying your bills on time, how much debt you have, especially credit card balances compared to the credit limit, the age and mix of your credit, and then the inquiries and new credit that you have. But by far, the two that are the most important are payment history and debt. And of those two, debt is the one that's fastest to change because as soon as you pay down that credit card balance and it hits the credit bureau, the next time your credit score is calculated, it will reflect your new lower balance. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much for that incredible insight. And I also wanted to, I'm a bit curious right now as to what, what is the most common mistake you see that people make when they're trying to repair their credit? Well, I see a couple of mistakes. I think one is um, assuming that you, uh, that you can figure out what an action is going to do to your credit score. You know, these credit scoring formulas are very complex. And this is the FICO secret sauce. This is why they are a very successful company. So gaming it really isn't the approach. The approach is to really look at the solid financial habits that tend to be associated with someone who you know, has good credit. So that's, they have a long credit history, they pay on time, they keep their credit card balances usually to somewhere around 10% of the available credit. Those kinds of, they don't have a lot of new inquiries. Those kinds of things are the things that you want to focus on. But then also when it comes to credit repair or separately, I think there's this misconception that if you, if you spend enough money, there's like secret ways to fix your credit that if you're willing to pay for it, they're going to make it happen. And I tell you, I have been to the mailroom at Experian and I've seen the flats of, of letters coming in. They're all credit dispute letters. They all get opened, scanned in the system. The computer, you know, goes to work trying to verify the information. It's not magical. Uh, doesn't mean 
I'm anti-credit repair, but I do want you to understand that I think because, especially in the rich dad community where you're so focused on your financial health and financial well-being and financial success, really um, delving into that yourself rather than feeling like you have to pay someone a lot of money to do it is probably not wasted time. Because if nothing else, you're going to learn more about how the whole system works and you're going to get insights that will help you moving forward. Thank you so much, Jerry, for the clarity in this confusing world of credit. And um, so Gary, how much is a good credit score worth? Well, it's great. If you go to myfico.com, they have a calculator that shows if you have a high credit score, that can save you money on interest, right? So if you have a good credit score and you're going to uh, buy a car, you're going to get that car at a lower interest rate if you have a high credit score than if you have a low credit score. So the credit score can save you money right away. And in my FICO, they have a calculator. You, you put in your credit score and you can see what kind of interest rate you can get. Um, Alex, I know you know Ted and Emily, and we had them get a Discover card, which is not really a credit card. You have to pay it back every month, but they've used that to build their credit score, their FICO score, and they don't have a mortgage or a car payment. But Teddy, I had him check on it this, uh, uh, this morning, and his FICO score is 760 because he's been paying the Discover card every month. Whenever he buys something, he pays it off right away, and that leads to a good credit score. So it's important to know that it's a, you want to have a high score, but as a young person, you also want to start building up that score uh, because when you get out of college, when you start renting, they're going to want to see if you have a high credit score or even if you have a credit score. So I think it's important to start building that score now. No, I definitely agree, Gary. I mean, when I worked at the bank previously, uh, I realized how many people were actually struggling with this and, and it's part of your financial health. And so, I mean, like you mentioned, even for an entrepreneur or an investor, it's really important to tackle this because once you do it, it unlocks benefits to loans with the most favorable terms. And so I just think this lesson is crucial for anyone, especially if you're starting out, to take care of this as soon as possible. And so Jerry, what are some simple things someone can do to start repairing their credit score today? Well, you want to get your credit report. So annualcreditreport.com is the source to get your free credit reports. And right now, because of the COVID crisis, they're actually providing uh, weekly updates. I think that's a little bit much. I don't think most people need a weekly update, but at least get your reports from all three bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And this is the data that is used to be, that is scored by a credit score, right? So if the data isn't correct, the score won't accurately reflect your credit. So you have to get the report. And I, I, I warn you, it's it, now you're young, if you're younger and you don't have a lot of references, it may not be that involved, but you'd be surprised. Sometimes these reports can be, you know, five, 10, 20 pages long. Just be patient, you know, set some time, have your reward, whatever it may be. For me, it'd be chocolate, but have something that, you know, you know, okay, when I get through this, I'm going to, I'm going to reward myself and then read through it and, and understand, you know, what it's saying. And if you see any mistakes, flag them because then you can dispute them. 
Now the credit score itself, that is not at annualcreditreport.com. So there is a list, I've compiled a list of 138 places and we can certainly put a link to that in the comments or you can go to uh, nav.com slash free dash scores and it gives a link to all these places. So I recommend you get your credit score from each of the bureaus through whatever source, your credit card company, through a source like Credit Karma or NAV, et cetera. And then um, you want to monitor that. So the two things that are going to most, in three things when you're young, when you're, um, if you don't have a lot of credit references, you won't have much credit history. So that's where Garrett was talking about with his kids. He has helped them establish it early. So they have that payment history, right? So if you don't have that payment history, one strategy that might work, if you have a family member, um, you have a good relationship with them, and you know that account has always been paid on time and the balance is low, ask them to add you as an authorized user. Because what happens then is that entire history goes on your credit report. And my daughter, who's in college, has a really good credit score. She's on two of my accounts. And so she has my whole you know, credit history. But you have to make sure those accounts are paid on time and have a low balance compared to the credit limit. The other option you could consider is a credit builder loan. And these are kind of cool because they build credit and your savings. So you essentially borrow a savings account, like you borrow a $1,200 certificate of deposit. And you make payments toward each month. Toward each month, it's reported on your credit report, and then when you pay it off, you get the money in the savings account. So it's kind of a great way to round out your credit history with another credit reference. And that's especially that one is especially good for someone who doesn't have an installment loan on their credit, like a mortgage, a car loan, or a student loan, because it helps round out that credit history. So those are two things to just get started that I think are pretty easy. I can go on. There's lots more in, in the ABCs of getting out of debt, but, um, but those are really, I think, crucial for uh, young people getting started. Yeah. And thank you, Jerry. Like you mentioned, we're going to be adding all those links in the description box below to be able to provide our audience with all the tools. And you really did touch on student loans at the end too, which is something our viewers struggle with. I mean, they're from the age of 25 to 34, 40. And so really, um, and as I stated earlier, Americans currently owe $1.5 trillion in federal student loan debt. What is your recommendation for those watching to start tackling that debt? Would you like me to take that one, yes, Garrett? Jerry, that okay. Would be good, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, so just like I said with the credit cards, you really have to get a handle on what you owe. And I know this is this is surprisingly difficult in some cases because if you have been in school and you've gotten student loans, you know every semester they disperse more student loans, right? So you you have this list of loans and you're not sure you know how they all fit together. So there's something called the National um, National Student Loan Data System. And that's where they compile all your federal loans. And many private loans are in there as well. There is a company called Student Loanify. I don't work for them, so I don't get penny paid to refer to them. But they, um, they will simplify it. They'll pull that information for you. And then they'll give you your repayment options. So if your income is lower right now, you might be able to go into... Now, right now, we're in a unique situation because there's deferment on federal loans due to COVID. But at, at least in the current proposal... 
students will have to start making payments again in October of 2020. So you want to be prepared for this. So go in and use that tool because what it can do is tell you about the different options, whether it's working toward uh, an income-based repayment plan, an income contingent plan. There's a lot of different plans associated with federal student loans that may make your payments more affordable and may offer forgiveness at the end, but it's confusing. It's very confusing. So this would help simplify it for you, but you got to have that list. That's that's the number one thing you need is the list of all the student loans, who you owe, how much, what the payments are, and what the interest rate is. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's crucial. And, and I was reading the other day that the average student loan debt of college graduates, it's actually almost 30000 And so to be carrying with this weight on your shoulders, especially if you're trying to become an investor or entrepreneur like we teach here at Rich Dad, it's difficult because sometimes your salary doesn't match the, that, that amount that you have to pay. And so it can be a lot more difficult. And Garrett, why is tackling student loan debt so important? Well, I think you hit on it, Alex. We, you know, when you get out, you're starting out, you wanna buy a home, you wanna start a family, you wanna invest in real estate. And if you have this debt hanging over you, it just makes it harder to do so. Um, there, it's also interesting that sometimes uh, your parents or grandparents will co-sign for the student loan. And if the kids are struggling, they've got out of, they've graduated from school, but they're not making that much money in their first job. Um, sometimes that, that obligation falls on the parents and grandparents. So then they end up struggling for this. So it's really interesting. Uh, I've read in Kiplinger recently and other, other uh, publications, students are now negotiating tuition with the colleges. And so, you know, you could say, look, I'd like to go to KU, but KSU is gonna give me a, a better rate. And people are starting to negotiate with the colleges and the universities, which I think is a great development because, you know, with all the student loan money flooding the system, they've been able to raise the tuitions. Um, and, and it's time for people to fight back on that. So if you're looking to go to school or if you're in school, consider talking to the admissions department about reducing your tuition and thus reducing your student loan amounts. And that's also a perfect opportunity to practice the skills that we preach here at Rich Dad to negotiate everything um, because you need to be a good salesperson. And Garrett, you know, so we don't have to rely on our parents or grandparents. How do you think an attorney can help with debt and credit? Well, there are attorneys that can assist you um, in, in getting out of trouble. Uh, you know, back in the old days when people had debt problems, we sent them to debtor's prison, right? And so <laughs> it's kind of tough to get out of debt when you're, work, when you're sitting in a prison. Uh, so they got rid of debtor's prisons. Uh, you, you now have the fresh start of a bankruptcy. And in some cases, you'll consider uh, working with an attorney uh, to declare bankruptcy. Student loans, it's tough to get those set aside. But, you know, I would talk to a reputable consumer bankruptcy attorney and Jerry recommends these two groups. I'll mention them, the, the National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys and the National Association of Consumer Advocates. And they have reputable attorneys that can give you advice on how to uh, perhaps go bankrupt or deal with some of these uh, loan issues. 
Yeah, and I should add, Alex, real quick, there is a new um, subchapter five of the chapter 11 bankruptcy code, and that's the one that's used primarily for businesses. And so uh, the goal of that new um, bankruptcy um, uh, chapter is to make it easier and less expensive for small businesses to file for bankruptcy. That was actually enacted in February of 2020, right before the whole COVID crisis hit. And I've seen a lot of news reports that restaurant owners and other businesses that are really hard hit are taking a look at that as an opportunity to restructure. This is, you know, this is something that's built into our you know, legislative code because we want to give businesses and individuals a fresh start. So um, you know, so if you end up in that situation, you know, understand that at least get the advice so you know what your options are and determine whether that's right for you. And if you don't mind, I'd like to add a quick whether mention about student loans, because I think this is really important that um, as long as you make the minimum payment on time, that's what's going to be most important for your credit score. So even if you have, I've seen people with $150,000 in student loan debt. And as long as the minimum payment gets made on time, their credit scores remain strong. Now, certainly a mortgage lender could look at the debt ratio and things like that. But if you get into a repayment plan that's accepted, you know, under the government programs, like let's say you get into income-based uh, repayment and they drop your payment to... I don't know, from $150 to $25 a month. As long as you make that $25 a month, you preserve your credit history. So that's why it's so important to investigate these options before you're really struggling. If you wait till you're struggling and you miss payments, you can't, it's hard to recover from that, right? But, um, but if you stick with a lower payment schedule, you'll preserve your credit history and that will allow you to pursue you know, the other things that you're trying to do with your credit. Yeah, Jerry, and I think that's crucial, like you mentioned previously, because it is, I mean, it's really important that the lender can see that you're responsible enough to meet those payments and in turn help you in the future and be able to rely on you and know that you're responsible. And so what are your final thoughts regarding debt? Jerry. Well, my final thoughts um, regarding debt is really to find, you know, find the information, reliable information, get the resources you need. And one thing I really encourage by um, these days is that you can find your tribe. So uh, most of you have found your tribe. It's the Rich Dad community, right? So you can find other people in the Rich Dad community who have the similar goals and you can support each other in these goals. And you can be there for each other if, you know, temptation strikes or you just need to think something through. And so you have reliable information and I hope, you, you know, you'll check out the ABCs of getting out of debt because we've put a lot of resources in there and also in finance your own business, but then, you know, use that community support and set your goals and, and work toward them. And I've seen just remarkable success stories from people who have gotten out of, got out of debt. And of course, Robert and Kim's story is remarkable, but there's many, many more of the, those. And you, you can be one of those if you really, you know, work with the support and information you need. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Garrett, do you have any final words for our audience as well? I do, Alex. I just want to underscore the importance of good debt, right? You're going to work your way out of bad debt, but just know when you come through that and you can start taking advantage of good debt, you can invest in real estate. You can start businesses. So debt can be your friend. Robert Kiyosaki has used debt to his great advantage over the years and, and millions in our country do so. So just remember that we're gonna get rid of the bad debt, but we're gonna take advantage of the good debt. 
Yeah. Thank you both for your expert opinion today. And thank you for your time. It is so valuable. All the insights and tips you guys gave us. I really hope all our viewers start to apply them and so that they can start to learn the power of debt and to use it to enrich their lives. And thank you both for more strategies. Make sure you pick up the book, The ABCs of Getting Out of Debt. Thank you both, Jerry and Garrett. It's been wonderful having you on Millennial Money, and we hope to see you both again very soon. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, and that's it for today's Millennial Money. Don't wait any longer to start tackling your bad debt and repair your credit so that you can start your journey to financial freedom. You can find the link to all the resources we've mentioned in the description below. And remember to pick up your copy of the ABCs of getting out of debt. And if you've enjoyed this video, don't forget to hit the notification bell and subscribe so we can see you in the next video. Thank you everyone and take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.